What is up, beautiful Dynasty Leaguers? Welcome back to the Dynasty Dynamic. I'm your host, Max Cascons, joined by the man whose favorite sport is back in business, and it's not football, a.k.a. DFF Moose, a.k.a. Mr. Mike McAuliffe. Mike, your holdout is over. Welcome back <laughs> to the show. How you doing, buddy? Good, man. Yeah, I was I was holding out just like the players and the owners were for very long with, uh, you know, possibly my, I would say it's my favorite sport, baseball. I know it's uh, a dying breed for most people, but I get, I get some flack. Definitely, uh, definitely happy to have that going again. We're starting some spring training games, but, uh, you know, definitely as, as awesome as it is to see baseball picking up for myself, it's awesome to see that football is really in full swing right now with free agency. Uh, starting up yesterday, the uh, legal two-day um, tampering period, really when we pretty much find out what's going on with most of these free agents. It's been cool to see some of the trades um, and some of the huge signings already coinciding with a lot of the hype we're getting off the uh, the draft combine. So definitely, definitely excited for the next month or so here leading up to the NFL draft, see what happens. Oh, baby, it is that time of year, and we have some of that fun free agency madness to talk about today. Um, but before we jump into any of the fun stuff, Tweet of the Week, at NinerGang491, if you want to see a bad investment placed uh, and an unfortunate <laughs> outcome, go check that out. R.I.P. Um, so before we try to rapid fire and make sense of some of these, uh, some of our favorite free agency pieces, Mike, I wanted to just do a little heat check on QBs and Superflex rookie drafts right now. So totally. had you throw a poll up there, why don't you walk us through the poll and uh, let us know where the results took us on this one? Yeah, of course. So this one's pretty straightforward here. We're just looking to know in the Dynasty community right now, who is your QB1 right now in Dynasty rookie drafts? So we put out uh, four different options here. So Malik Willis, uh, Kenny Pickett, Sam Corral, or uh, I should say Matt Corral, sorry, and uh, Sam Howell. So this is kind of a landslide here. Um, definitely not too surprised, uh, but it looks like Malik Willis came in with uh, 82% of the vote. Kenny Pickett with 9%. Uh, Matt Corral with another 9% there. And Sam Howell getting zero love with 0% of Poor the vote. Poor Sam Howell, <laughs> Poor <man>. guy. I mean, it <laughs> looks pretty good. But yeah, it, the, the question was, who's your QB1? That's who people are riding with, yeah. Malik Willis. So let's dig into this one a little bit because as the process is playing out, I think we are seeing that people are kind of all over the map in the NFL with evaluating these quarterbacks, yeah. right? So it is shaping up to be a little bit of what I think is an underwhelming class compared to years past. Malik Willis, no surprise. I did not think it would be this much of a landslide, but I think yeah. A, Malik Willis is the right answer. And B, I think it's because, you know, savvy dynasty gamers are aware of the rushing upside, right? right? And so many of these coveted quarterbacks that you're taking in the first round, second round of super flex drafts now have that rushing upside. So I do want to quickly run through, because we haven't touched on the QBs a ton, but Malik Willis, arguably the strongest arm in the draft, absolutely has the physical tools um, led his team in passing and rushing the last two years. And the big knock on him is just the lower level of competition, right? So played at Liberty, had some turnovers, had some pretty ugly outings against Power 5 competition. That said, with the mobility and 104, this stat blew my mind when I saw it, 146 
career broken tackles. The guy could probably convert to running back if he wanted to. He is, I think the right answer is the QB1, but let's go through the other three real quick. Kenny Pickett, kind of still profiling to me as a little bit of a one-year wonder. I actually looked into the PFF data and they have called it out as the single biggest leap that PFF has seen in year five for a quarterback. And this is from the same service that charted Joe Burrow in his fifth year <laughs> ascension. Okay. Um, 42 touchdowns and seven interceptions in 2021, but exactly the same stats. The two years prior, 13 touchdowns, nine interceptions, very underwhelming, but has ascended through the process and is one of Two guys, Malik Willis being the other one, for any of us grinding the mock drafts right now, which I love to do, they're pretty much looking locked in as top 16 picks. If you're looking across all the mocks, all the services, they seem to be the ones at the top of the board. Sam Howell, the man who got absolutely no love in the poll, <laughs> um, might arguably be the most complete quarterback across the board. Only one of these players that's an underdeclare back-to-back-to-back, 3,000-yard passing seasons, has arm talent, can make throws all over the field, and even after losing um, the just monstrous backfield of Javonta Williams and Michael Carter, took a serious step up as a rusher last year. I think he had roughly 800 yards on the ground. So some things to like with Sam Howell. He's currently like potentially falling out of the first round in some of these mocks, which... They're mocks, right? But we're taking the data as it comes. And then to round it out, our guy, Matt Corral from the SEC, some impressive numbers, 95th percentile college QBR in obviously the most competitive uh, division of college football, 94th percentile yards per attempt, ran a lot of RPOs, very short, short passing game, wasn't really asked to throw much down the field. I think a lot of people believe he has the tools to succeed, um, but would be somebody that they would want to develop over time, which anytime you hear that and they're not talking pro-ready quarterback, that's a little bit of a problem. And then, Mike, correct me if I'm wrong, okay? We can only put four <laughs> options. You're the social media manager. Yeah, oh, yeah. We can only no, put you got four right. <laughs> options. Four options for Twitter polls, right? Yep, you got it. Because nope. there is no disrespect to Desmond Ritter, but he is somebody who Dan and I talked about it last week. After he absolutely set the combine on fire in the 40 at the quarterback position, completely on the radar, still both he and Howell, depending on which mocks you look at, are like very, very back of the round, uh, first round guys, or very early day two guys. So Desmond Ritter, some argue that he's the most pro-ready of all of these Mm -hmm. quarterbacks. So with that mobility, it'll be so interesting to see where he lands. Um, And just on the subject of the mock drafts, like, and we'll, we'll get to this later, but Malik Willis to the Falcons, to the Seahawks, right? That's the interesting right. conversation right now. I've yet to see a mock, and this is going to come up later, Mike. It's going to come up later. <laughs> right I've yet to see a mock where the Steelers are not taking a quarterback. Nobody seems mm-hmm. to agree on who they're going to take, but everybody thinks they're going to take them. Um, and like I said, there's really only two of these guys locked in in the top 16. So, I feel like there is a lot of uncertainty more than I remember maybe in the past couple of years yeah. at the quarterback position, especially last year. And yeah. And I mean, there were some great prospects last year, yeah. right? And, and it's, it's going to come down to how are we valuing these guys in rookie drafts? Like 
Good luck finding. Maybe there was some crazy people taking Kyle Pitts at the 101 last year, yeah. but good luck finding rookie rankings last year that didn't have Trevor Lawrence in Superflex at the 101. Exactly. So it was a little bit more locked up, which leads me to the second poll, second poll that you ran. That's so right. tell us where we went with that one, because I think these two kind of go hand in hand a little bit. Yeah, of course. And, you know, in talking about just how how unpredictable some of these these QBs and their landing spots could be it's really we want to compare these guys to the what we consider at least right now the creme de la creme and that's going to be Brees Hall so I put the question out there to people is Brees Hall right now the 101 in Superflex dynasty rookie drafts so the results were pretty pretty interesting here as well it looks like the majority the large majority I should say 91% of the vote going yes with Brees Hall being the 101 in super flex drafts and only 9% of people saying no, which, you know, just kind of going off of what you were talking about, Max, I think in this case, you have a guy in Brees Hall that you consider in all aspects to be a sure thing. He's when you're going through and, and formulating a draft strategy for these, these, um, for these drafts, you want to be able to check all those boxes, see, you know, who are you going to be comfortable with and be able to rely on because you only get a certain number of these picks every single year when you're going through here. So Brees Hall, you're talking about a guy back-to-back 1,400-plus uh, rushing uh, seasons, 20-plus touchdowns. He's averaging two to three catches per game, proving that he can do it uh, in that part of the game. 40-yard um, 40, 40 burst score and speed score are all above the 94th percentile. Uh, coming out of college with a 93.9% dominator rating. So just showing that he has the ability to carry the load for a team, to be able to you know be that three down back that you can rely upon. Granted, we're going to see where he goes in the draft in about a month. That's going to change some people's opinions on him, as well as if you see Malik Willis or uh, Kenny Pickett going um, a lot higher than people expect in the NFL draft. There's every possibility that people's opinions start to shift more towards you know, getting really excited about the quarterbacks. Because like we said, in a, in a super flex league, that is always going to be the, the position that people want to be able to lock down, be able to feel secure at. But this year is just much different than, than last year. You know, like I would say that, you know, you could compare Brees Hall to either you were saying Kyle Pitts before or Jamar Chase. I saw some people in some leagues taking Jamar Chase at that 101 with absolutely no uh, worries at all knowing that he's just that guy that stands out to be that th- he's not gonna bust I feel good about this and he is just going to be able to be a huge part of whatever team he ends up joining but particularly the this year where there's so many more questions about all these quarterbacks I agree with this the the results of this poll I think the Brees Hall right now is still my 101 in, in super flex drafts yeah, I think there's 9% of uh, poll voters here that are just playing the game theory, right? Yeah. Because it is objectively when you're looking at Dynasty and owning these guys for potentially their entire career or having their entire career mm-hmm. to deal them, trade them, start them, whatever you want to do, um, it, it it is the most valuable position in Superflex. But running back is just so plug and play. You know, Brees Hall is going to step on an NFL field and – you know, just immediately, immediately contribute for your fantasy team where, I mean, you would be hard pressed even with Malik Willis's mobility. If he's a starter from day one to get QB one production out of him. So 
I agree here. I think Brees Hall is the 101. Um, you know, I can see an argument, and this is where rankings can sometimes be a disservice. We're just talking about in a total vacuum, right? Yep. Like, who do we think is the most valuable addition to a fantasy team? Mm-hmm. I can see arguments if there are quarterback needy teams that that they really want to push the button on somebody, but yeah. I think the public has it right here. And I think we are going to see very few drafts where Brees Hall is not getting the button pushed on him at the 101. Um, I have a productive struggle team with the 101 in a league we're in together yep. that had a beautiful <laughs> tank job last year. And uh, Brees Hall is probably going to be the pick for me. Right. So I think that's sorted out. Let's try to rapid fire through a couple of these free agency headlines, Mike. Yeah. And I'm going to read them all off. I want you to pick your favorite or a couple of your favorites. Sweet. And we can talk about those and the kind of fantasy implications there. So in no particular order, as fast as I can, Russell Wilson goes to Denver in a blockbuster trade with Seattle. Uh, Amari Cooper dealt to the Browns. That was another big one. Carson Wentz lands in Washington. Uh, Mike Williams, your boy, uh, mm-hmm. re-signs with the Bolts. <laughs> And Chase Edmonds goes to the Dolphins. That's yep. an interesting landing spot. Mitch Trubisky signs with the Steelers. I told you we'd come back to that one. <laughs> Christian Kirk, I'm wearing his Cardinals jersey right That's now. Right. Signs a four <laughs> four-year deal in Jacksonville. Um, Michael Gallup re-signs with the Cowboys on a five-year deal. James Conner stays in Zona. Zach Ertz stays in Zona. Cedric Wilson goes to the Dolphins on a three-year deal. DJ Chark, very interesting one-year prove-it deal here for DJ Chark uh, with the Lions. Josh Reynolds also signs with the Lions. And Braxton Berrios, the perfect plug-and-play wide receiver, four, five, six, depending on how deep your league is, stays with the Jets. So, Mike, you get first crack. What do you want to talk about? I, I think we got to start out with Russell Wilson here. Um, I just, that that was definitely crazy to see. I know it was piggybacked right off of the news that we got about Aaron Rodgers. So you could, you know, kind of debate here whether or not the Broncos had a plan A and this might have been plan B because, you know, they gave up a ton in that trade. They were, uh, they shipped off uh, Noah Fant, multiple first rounders, multiple second rounders, I think, as well as uh, I forget the defender that they also sent. Uh, it's, it's the name is escaping me, but either way, gave up a haul uh, for Russ Wilson, but deservedly so for, for uh, the Seahawks, if they were going to trade this guy, it was going to be a haul. So I just think it's it, arrow pointing up for all these guys in the Broncos offense. It's just for the past two to three years or so, you could just look at that team and just, Always, they're a team that you look at, they're a quarterback away. They're a quarterback away. I love this move. I think it, I love how it's going to, um, you know, affect Javante Williams' uh, stock as well as, obviously, Judy and Sutton are the big players here, um, which, you know, there's there's definitely some debate here as to who is going to benefit the most out of this. Um, we, we When you're talking about Sutton, you could compare him to DK Metcalf's kind of um, uh, stereotype and as well as, with Judy, is he going to be playing that locket kind of role? So I know personally for me, it's a very, very close debate between those two guys. I personally would probably lean slightly Sutton, even though he is about three to four years older than Judy. Uh, but just in general, you you have to be stoked if you're a Broncos fan and a, and a fantasy owner of any of the guys on that team. Yeah, like you said, the the archetypes are clear here. I don't think Jerry Judy is as much of a burner as Tyler yeah, Lockett is not. and and kind of can stretch the field, but it it really is that that perfect kind of comparison. It's going to be 
uh, depending on how much you believe on uh, in Albert Akui Boonham, a relatively consolidated passing game with, I think, those two guys commanding the majority of the targets. I see no problem going Sutton. That's who I would pick here. And I think basically you're just leaning into somebody that before the ACL tear, we were starting to see really ascend with some very, very suspect quarterback play, um, can make plays all over the field, commands the air yards. I think you're good there. Talk to me a little bit about Amari Cooper to the Browns. Arrow up, arrow down. How do you feel about this one? Yeah, I mean, right now, I can't feel good about anyone leaving um, that that Cowboys offense to go over to the Browns offense. You know, obviously, we know that what the Browns' identity is. They have an incredible running game with Chubb and Hunt. Um, and, you know, I just... What what I've seen out of Baker Mayfield the last couple of years has not been inspiring in the slightest. I definitely think that obviously Cooper's going to be looking at a large target share there, um, but I just think that he he was really benefiting um, from being surrounded with a lot of good talent there in Dallas. So we'll see. Is Baker going to be their number one plan going into this offseason? I've already been seeing some reports out there that they could be pushing in for just Deshaun Watson, which I think would immediately. Uh, make Cooper a a top 15 uh, wide receiver again in my eyes Uh, but I'm I'm not loving it right now definitely the arrow pointing down for me yeah it's interesting I was having a conversation with uh, a friend and listener of the show and just a a knowledgeable football head the other day and we were we were talking about Amari Cooper who to me I'm not arguing his talent. I just, he's always kind of found a way to not be as valuable in fantasy as you want him to be. Yeah, exactly. And I was about to say Deshaun Watson is the best court would be the best quarterback Amari Cooper has ever played with. And I, I do think it's close with Dak, but I'm, I'm definitely yeah. leaning Deshaun Watson just from a pure talent perspective. Um, I, I think Baker might be toast. I'm starting to read between the lines. Um, if you're the Browns, and I believe Amari Cooper's due about $20 million. And, you know, who pays for what and how these contracts shake out can always be a little questionable yep. to the person reading it as a headline on NFL.com or wherever you get your news. But it, it feels like they're setting the stage for something here. So. Um, have a monstrous defense. Have a beastly uh, running game, right? So I think as much as Dan and I have pounded the table for Baker <laughs> and how prolific he was in college – I'm I'm getting a little iffy on this one. Um, yeah. Let's keep the train rolling with um, some other quarterback news. So Carson Wentz goes to Washington and Mike pours one out for his Heineken <laughs> Heineke buddy. Um, it was bound to happen. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. You were a huge Terry McLaurin fan. So right. I can only assume that for somebody who watched Terry McLaurin be number four in air yards last year (laughs) and number 75 at the wide receiver position in catchable target rate that this, there's almost no way this isn't a massive upgrade for Terry McLaurin. Am I right? Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I mean, as much as I've, I've tried to, you know, instill my love for, for Taylor Heineke, I think a lot of it did stem from me wanting to, you know, think wishfully that he could be the solution uh, at the quarterback uh, carousel with Terry McLaurin. So I just, you know, I think I've been clear on on some past podcasts. I'm not in love with uh, Carson Wentz as the, the football player, as the guy that's going to help an actual football team win games with good decisions and late game, um, you know, being able to really come up in the clutch. But 
as far as Heineke versus Wentz, this is a no-brainer that it's it's going to be arrow pointing up for Terry McLaurin. Um, really, uh, another guy that you know people seem to not be talking about too much lately too is Curtis Samuel. I'm really excited to see him get it added in. Kind of love offense. that you're bringing up Curtis Samuel yeah. right now. It's it's going to be really cool to see what this uh, what this Commanders offense is going to look like. Um, but I definitely again we'll see. Carson Wentz, they didn't give up a ton for him. Um, I don't think, I think that this definitely takes them out of the running for drafting a QB at this point. Um, But yeah, I'm definitely hoping for this to be the year that Terry McLaurin finally puts in, uh, you know, a a high-end wide receiver two finish or possibly even sneak into that wide receiver one category. I know we would love to see that. I was actually just double checking while you were talking. So Terry McLaurin and Cortland Sutton are basically the same age. And they're mm-hmm. guys that I feel like we haven't like, they're just a year or two older than I always think they are. Yeah. Um, and that's why they're so tough to value in dynasty, right? Even getting back to that Sutton and Judy conversation. If Judy's 25, I don't even think it's a conversation. Yeah. I think part of the, part of the uh, appeal in Judy is buying back those four years of the position in dynasty. But yeah, I mean, both of these guys are in their prime just got huge QB upgrades and I would love to see Terry McLaurin turn in a wide receiver one season that I think we all know he's capable of. So I want to do two more and I'll do one real quick and then uh, we're going to have some fun with this last one. (laughs) So Mitch Trubisky signs with the Steelers. Now, if you are somebody who is stashing Mitch Trubisky in Superflex leagues, good job by you. That was a Mm -hmm. great process play, right? Mm -hmm. These guys, this is why Mike, you talked so much and Dan talked so much on um, some of these, how we evaluate prospects shows that we did about the importance of draft capital and especially at the position. And that's where Mitch Trubisky has it, you know, like top five draft capital just gets you chance after chance after chance. That said, I would be shocked if the Steelers do not push the button on a quarterback in the draft this year is almost playing out in their favor where because mm-hmm. the position's uncertain and because these are not like the top, top tier prospects that we've seen, you know, last year we had a couple guys go in the top five, a couple guys go in the top 10, same thing in a couple of years before that. The Steelers could get some huge value if some of these oh. guys slide to where they're picking in the draft. So I think if you're sitting on Mitch Trubisky and you're at all worried, just try to sell the hype. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is there a chance he starts? Yeah, but um, I, I'm i not personally going to be counting on it. So yeah. I will fall on that sword if Mr. Trubisky is turning in a uh, QB 15 season this this coming year. But <laughs> that's where my head's at with this one. Any any takes before we move on to my favorite free agency headline here? Yeah, I, I think this is just a classic case of the Steelers want to set themselves up with some sort of level of security at that position before heading into the draft. I think uh, personally, I would love to see Sam Howell um, go there just just you know based off of how I think he would fit in that offense, and I think that you know Trubisky will just provide a good um, veteran voice for whatever guys coming in there. Make it a training camp competition quote-unquote but you know if we see the Steelers take uh, a quarterback uh, in the first round we know how it's going to go so yeah I think it's it's a good security signing but nothing crazy sell high if you can (laughs) so this last one I saved um, this was my favorite when we were going through them and not so much for the player although good for him getting the money Um, Michael Gallup re-signs with the Cowboys 
five-year, $57 million deal. Clearly, if you're doing some math at home, the Cowboys knew they were going to make this play with the Amari Cooper when they're trying to balance the Mm -hmm. checkbook, right? So Amari Cooper leaves, Michael Gallup resigns, and all of a sudden, the guy that Dan and I have been saying is a top five dynasty wide receiver for at least a few shows now, I think CeeDee Lamb has to be a big riser here. Would you agree? I would I would agree that he is he is a bit of a riser here for sure. Um, you know, it's it's tough when you have a guy like Dalton Schultz in your offense. It's tar- hard to, you know, overcome the shine that he gives off and the amazing playmaking capabilities that he's got. I know he's he's one of my faves. But yes, I definitely think that you can't you can't make the argument that them bringing back pretty much that same crew uh, without an Amari Cooper um, isn't going to be good for CD. I'm glad that they bought, uh, brought Gallup back because you don't want CD to be that only guy um, in in that offense that is able to you know really be a main target for defenses to shut down. Um, I definitely I I will stand firm. I forget exactly what my top five rankings. Uh, we're on the last show, which probably isn't the best thing to say here, but I I probably still keeping CD out of my top five personally. Wow. But, hey, I, I'm just saying as compared to, you know, I think I had um, uh, Tyreek and, and Cup in there when you guys both had him, them out of there. Um, it's it's going to be really fun to see, though. A- am I a CD hater? No, I'm talking he's in my top eight. He's just not in my top five. So Really good to see uh, that this Cowboys offense is at least going to look pretty similar um, to what it looked like last year because when they're firing on all cylinders, it's a really, really fun thing to see. CeeDee Lamb, not even (laughs) 23 years old yet, and Mike would rather have Cooper Cup. Listen, you're the win-now guy. Give me the the win-now. Absolutely (laughs) the win-now guy of the show. Um, That is it for the people at home. Those are the free agency headlines. We did the best we could. Mike, I don't think we're going to have you for next show. It's going to be a classic Max and Dan special. That's right. So hopefully by then, all the the other headlines have cleared out. We have a clearer picture of what we're going to be looking at going into the draft, and we can talk about some fun stuff then. But getting out of here for today, this is the Dynasty Dynamic. You stay classy, Dynasty Leaguers. Milk was a bad choice. (laughs) 